welcome back to Inspired Babes, the Let's Chat podcast. So today we are on episode 57 and I have my friend Kristen Benyon on and Kristen is a licensed mental health therapist and a certified sex therapist. Now, I believe that we've been kind of conditioned in a way where this topic around sex is super uncomfortable, right? It's just a taboo topic that most people don't like to talk about. And if they do talk about it, it's in a very degrading way. And at least from what I've heard from other podcasts or the way people talk and the way, the things that we see on TV, um, you know, there's an array of things. And so I really wanted to bring some awareness around this topic in a super healthy way, especially coming from somebody with a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge around this area. So you can walk away from this episode feeling empowered and you can walk away with tools to put in your pocket that you can implement into your life. Like I want a light bulb to go off for you as you listen to this episode so that you can change your way, your thinking around this topic and your way of being around this topic. And when I say your way of being, I'm meaning the actions you're going to be taking after you gain access to having tools in your pocket with this specific subject, right? And so, you know, when I was talking to Kristen, I'm like, well, what is even, what do you even do? Like a sex therapist, what does that even mean? And it may sound super obvious to most, right? You're like, okay, it's, it's a sex therapist, but really it's very complex. And so just to give you an idea is that, well, first of all, she, she has over 12 years of experience. I have to throw that out there because that is super impressive. And she also is currently working towards her doctoral degree in sexuality studies, where she is studying representations of gender, sexuality, and the media. Okay. But as she works with her clients, she works with people that are experiencing difficulties related to sexuality, to spirituality, and relationships. And so that kind of gives you an idea of what she does. And also, what we talk about today. It's just a really good episode. And if you guys find this valuable, please share this with your friends and fam family. You can tag me on your Instagram stories, your Facebook stories. Also, you could just send me a message and let me know your thoughts on, you know, this episode. Um, and also I love connecting on social media. So make sure to go over up to Instagram and go message me and say, hi, and also please go over to Apple podcast and subscribe. So you get notified every time a new episode is rolling out and also write a review and give it a five-star rating. That would be so amazing. So you guys buckle up because here we go. Welcome back. And we have Kristen Benyon on today. Hey, babe. Hey. So Kristen is a licensed mental health therapist and a certified sex therapist with over 12 years of experience. And I'm really excited to have you on today because I think, you know, talking about mental health and talking about sex is such a taboo subject in the world, right? Um, you know, and I know you and I had talked about this previously as far as, you know, when you're raised in a religion, um, we're kind of taught certain things about sex or being sexual, right? Um, which there's no right or wrong about it, but it starts 
imprinting things in us, right? And it can affect us when we're older. And so I thought it'd be really fun to talk about all this, to talk about your studies and the research and all the things you do. You just have so much knowledge and I'm really, really happy you're here. And again, I want to acknowledge Amber for setting this up because when you and I met, like, I maybe a year and a half ago, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was like, Micah, you you need to connect with her. Aww. And I go, really? And she's like, yeah, you guys just need to connect. She just, she's on your level. She has so much knowledge. She's making a big difference in the world. And this is, I think, even before I started a podcast. Oh, it's cool. really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So we've been like planning that, like we've had this plan for a while. So been, been coming. Yep. <laughs> yes, girl. So do you want, should we just get into it and yeah. do like an overview of what you do? Sure. Absolutely. Um, like you said, so I, my, my day job, <laughs> is, um, I'm a ASEC certified sex therapist. So what that means is that my primary licensure is, is a mental health therapist. So that's like, that's my bread and butter training, so to speak. Um, and then I went back for a certification, um, which is a whole bunch more hours um, and training in sex therapy and sexuality topics, um, which I emphasized um, in those studies, the intersection between religion and sexuality. So, um, and female sexuality specifically. And so I knew that I wanted to work primarily with those who were struggling, connecting with their own, their sexual self, or even just wanting to um, improve their sex life in any way, whether they're solo or partnered or whatever they identify as. Um, It was really important to me to to be a resource for people where they can safely explore what might be going on for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a great move. I really enjoyed what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet. I think this is the most fascinating job ever. I would love it. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, what made you get into this prayer? That was the million dollar question. I think I, I always, so when I went back to, so when I got my master's degree, I knew I wanted to work mostly with women and women's issues. So I, I got some training in like eating disorder treatment and, um, I volunteered for rape recovery center. Um, and the, you know, the, I just really started becoming pulled in a direction specifically um, addressing and wanting to work with those who are um, having some concerns around either like gender or um, or sexuality specifically. And um, so I I worked hard to get you know my license, and I did a lot of just general general therapy to get that um, those those cornerstones built in and my practice or what I knew would one day be my own private practice. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of just started heading in that direction and it just felt right. Started finding, you know, my people professionally of, you know, like-minded people. I was never raised around women like me. Like I, I, it's weird to say, but I didn't, you know, I spent a, a significant amount of my adulthood single. Um, I don't know anyone who did that growing up, you know? And so there was a lot of, um, healing that happened to me. We can get into it, you know, by finding other women that had a similar past than I did and and to kind of go through that personal and professional, um, path with 
just incredible, empowering women. Like it was very uh, great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you, can you like expand more on that with your childhood and growing up? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I was born and raised LDS in Utah. And so for those with that background, they know that there's a special flavor of Mormonism in Utah. And so, yes. so I had all of those, um, kind of the stereotypical, um, pioneer, uh, ancestry or whatnot, you know, parents, you know, born and raised. And, um, it was, it was good in a lot of ways for me. It, um, it instilled a lot of, you know, I consider myself a deeply spiritual person. I would not identify as religious anymore. Um, but spirituality has been something that has, has evolved for me, but it has been there from, and I think was fostered and kind of presented through a Mormon lens. And, And a lot of that was really good, really, um, um, comforting in times of stress and like, you know, kind of instilled some values that I still hold on to today um, in terms of um, wanting to make the world a better place and connect with other people and, and treat people well and, yeah. and see, see divinity in all of us, like, which is something that I do and or is something that I believe in. And so, um, you know, I got to, I can't remember what you asked. You, were you asking just the beginning? <laughs> like, just like, yeah, like with your, with your childhood and yeah. kind of how it all started, you talked about religion and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And going into all this. So, yeah. Yeah. No. So through my twenties, like I was getting, you know, I, I got my bachelor's in international social work. And so I was already kind of heading into a, a field of wanting to help people as stereotypical as that might sound, but I did. I, lo- I loved, um, studying other cultures and and seeing how lucky I was to be raised where I was. And it just by sheer luck, you know, dripping in privilege, you know, like, and so getting kind of familiar with that as uncomfortable as it was, it was so powerful to just start seeing how big the world was. And I, I fell in love with that concept, you know, mm. um, and started seeing, you know, that there were some things that I was deeply troubled by in um, the religion I was raised in. And so kind of distanced myself for a lot of my 20s, but didn't really think too much about it. Um, And then, Mm. you know, I would say probably around like late 20s had what I would consider kind of a feminist awakening, (laughs) you know, where I, and I felt like I was such a late bloomer because I identify, you know, deeply with like feminist teachings and I just love the history of it there as flawed as it is. Yeah. Um, But it was, that's what I would say was kind of the, the beginning of seeing a lot more, like a lot of other women started showing up in my life that really um, just kind of broke me open in a lot of really amazing ways to see, Mm you know, the world in a different way, um, that definitely ushered in some deep concerns with the patriarchal religion that, you know, Mormon church is. And, um, I started seeing the, the absence of like a heavenly mother, the divine feminine as something really troubling to me. And almost Mm -hmm. like, it felt like a violent, like just an erasure of something that I, I sense is there, like whatever, however people want to think about it like that divine like feminine complementary god to whatever construct we want to talk about it as does that make sense yeah yeah 
you know, and so, um, so I was already heading in a direction of um, getting, you know, becoming like more um, refined in my private or in my practice as a mental health therapist. Um, but then simultaneously started a certification for sex therapy. And mm-hmm. right in the middle of that, um, there was a pretty big um, uh, public excommunication of, of a feminist and and um, oh. and then about a year later there was the exclusion policy where children of LGBT parents couldn't become baptized anymore and that that was a severing for me I was I couldn't identify anymore um, I couldn't support it anymore and and I personally but yeah. but since I mean I work most <laughs> my practice is filled with practicing believing LDS people I still have a deep deep respect for it. I see that it serves a lot of good in a lot of people's lives. And, you know, I can hold that space really well, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not about me when I'm working with, it's not about my beliefs when I'm working with, with people, it's what, what do they want? What, what makes sense to them? How can they live their values in a way that feels aligned with Mm -hmm. them? And so that wasn't ever hard for me. I think that that's always been a really easy boundary to not make it about me <laughs> which I think that's what makes you good at your job right sure being sure. able to disconnect that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah really yeah so you said something a little bit ago you had said I think you said in your 20s you started surrounding yourself or attracting women mm-hmm. that were really tapped into their feminine and it started cracking you open mm-hmm. in an uncomfortable way I don't know if you said that exact word but can can you tell me more about that? What did you discover for yourself when that's when when women started appearing in your life at that time? Well, it it kind of it, it what's coming up for me first with that question is it was it was almost sad to see how much I had missed like mm-hmm. how how certain things could have been a lot more full if I had been exposed to those ideas before or or um saw other women who had, like I said, kind of were more career minded, but still family oriented um, and maybe single for a significant amount of time. Like if I'd seen that modeled, you know, or, or had kind of mentors to help like through my twenties, I think that could have been, it it was almost sad that that, that was something that I missed out on at the same Mm -hmm. time. I think that, and that's just part of my story. Like, I think that, that it was things happened for a reason, you know, and that's, um, it I was, maybe I wasn't ready to, um, to head in that, in a new direction that would take me away from a belief system that I had thought gave me security, mm-hmm. you know? And so that can be very scary. It can be threatening to my family of origin. It can, you know, I can feel like a lot of people who go through a, religious faith crisis or transition, you know, they, they, they feel everything shift underneath them and um, it can show up in every aspect of their life. It can show up in their own relationship with their body, their sexuality, where they fit in their, their family, what they think their family thinks about them, you know? And so the more I am speaking now, I'm realizing, yeah, maybe I wasn't ready like to, to move into that because it was so uncharted to me and so scary um, Mm -hmm. that it happened when it did. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm a big believer in that though. Really everything unfolds perfectly how it's supposed to, Yeah, because we can't, you know, it's just like when you go to college or you're going to a personal development training, they're not going to just lay it all out in five seconds for you. You're not going to be able to process it. Right. Yep. Yep. And so everything unfolds, like I said, perfectly how it, how it should. So, wow. And so, so basically we, the way you were raised, you didn't have any of that growing up. Mm-mm. Well, okay. So that's not true. So I would say that my mom, um, my mom identified as a, as a feminist and, but I, like, I didn't, but I, but there were also like some other people in my life that would kind of put that idea down. You know, you, you, you lose kind of like standing in the church if you question it or challenge it or have, or take a different problem, you know, so I wanted to be liked, I wanted to be, you know, I've, I'm just as much as the next person don't want to be thought of as, as one of those, you know, or, you know, and so like that, I think I was susceptible to in my younger years, you know, wanting Mm. to not, you know, just wanting to be liked too much, probably, (laughs) you know, which is fine. Right. Yeah. Which is very relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think the majority of us human beings, I don't know one person who doesn't give a flying fa about what people think. We all do to an extent. And, and, and so I can so relate to you on that because I was the same way coming out of my divorce. I was questioned the religion, right? I was questioned something in my soul was like, something is off, but this is what you do. Mm -hmm. You want to make others happy. You want to do all that. Not discredit, like, not saying that I'm not responsible here, but when you're, when you're raising it and it's a continual thing running in your mind, yes. it's really hard to, to disconnect that until you start really doing your work, right. And getting aligned. And so once I, once I got divorced, I was like this free bird. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> I'm going to just do whatever I want. And yeah. there was, there was a time that I was nervous about posting pictures without if I wore a tank top, I you sure. know, or having a glass of wine because of judgment, but I've really stepped into the space of it's okay. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they can believe what they want to believe, but this is my choice. Yep. And there's nothing yep. wrong with that at all. Yep. Absolutely. So, I yeah. think that's part of, I just think that's part of the journey. Like, you know, uh, like I was saying, high, high demand religions like the LDS church can really like it affects every single aspect of your life down to your underwear, like, you know, down to, you know, is that a glass of wine in her picture? Or like, Ooh, she's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And when we're re- like, just kind of repeating what you said, when we're raised in that, it takes a while to de deprogram that yeah. Yeah. and, and get the, you know, the self esteem back if that's been lost or the self like confidence that I, they can, I, I wish them well, they can think whatever they need to, like, that's their journey, you know, and I'm going to mm-hmm. live my life, you yeah. know? And so that can take, that can take some time. It still can come up. I catch it quickly, you know, oh, for sure. but it can still be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of just there. Yeah, I agree. I think things, you know, we can do so many, so much work around some trauma or an area in our lives, but you're going to, somebody's going to come in your life and mirror like another area of that healing that needs to be unraveled. Totally. And, you know, you think we're all, we're not always healed. Like, no, it's a process. Yeah. This is a process and it, which is so beautiful, right? It is. It is. Um, and so the fact that you said I catch it really fast, there's a lot of power in that too. Mm-hmm. 
It is. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I want to go more into like you being a sex therapist, like, mm-hmm. you know, what is the most common thing that you deal with, with patients or even mm-hmm. with yourself that you've unraveled mm-hmm. through time? Yeah. I would say, so in terms of, um, like my, the, the majority of my practice is filled with uh, just a, a few things like, um, like orgasm problems, like women who are struggling with orgasm or wanting to improve, like maybe they might not be struggling, but they want to like experience more types of pleasure mm-hmm. or intensity. Yes. Um, vibrancy in their sexuality. Um, yes. and then, uh, desire discrepancies in couples is, is probably the number one call that sex therapists get, you know? And I like to say like every couple is a desire discrepancy because you have two different people. And so just some people are like the discrepancy so big that they need some help bridging it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's another one. And then religious faith transition and the Mm -hmm. crossover with like sexuality concerns and identifying, new sexual values and religious or spiritual values is another mm, aspect that I see a lot of. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, so with women, cause I've heard that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Women really struggle orgasming. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's something, it's a mental thing. And so what do you feel like is the number one? Is there a specific thing that affects women from having an orgasm? So, anything specific? Oh, there are a few things, right? Yeah. So the the reason, and I will get to answer your question, but this is an important like little caveat. I think the reason that I love sexuality so much, like to- yeah. talking about it and helping people with it, is it affects it can affect every aspect of of their life. And it, and so, for example, if if someone becomes more empowered and and a woman learns her body's capacity for pleasure. Like that is, it's been shown in the research that that will directly impact her self-esteem and her, her like, um, well-being overall. Mm -hmm. Like, and so like, just, we can, we can throw things out there, like improve orgasm or da, 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 but, but it can actually, that is a much deeper issue. Um, it can be, and, and, and it can be so deeply related to how a woman feels about herself. Yeah, I believe that it can just be really cool. So, but when it comes to answer your question, when it comes to orgasm, you know, we always need to check and make sure nothing medical is going on, right? And mm-hmm. we need to make sure that there's um, enough um, information about like sexual functioning. <clears throat> it's been, um, it shouldn't have been surprising to me, but it ha- was, you know, at least through the first few years of my practice, how much women um, are taught to not know about their body. And I think that it is, it is, it is on purpose, you know, they're, you know, being raised really? thought, you know, d- don't touch down there. It's dirty. Um, just, yes. just horrible messages about like a really like sacred part of a woman's body, a woman's body, you know, can be thought of that way. Um, and so that, that those beliefs and that um, kind of like disgust, or something that was taught to them that can go into adulthood, even if intellectually they can say, so going from the religious mindset, I'm married. I know God's okay with this. Like mm-hmm. nothing is wrong. They're intellectually they're there, but there can be some really deep trauma level um, beliefs about their genital area. Yeah. You know, we call it like genital self-image, like what they believe about their bodies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a lot of things that can affect yeah. orgasm. Yeah. And I believe that. And so I guess when I asked that, I'm like, that was kind of, I get, cause what I get is there really is a lot, a lot that goes into having an orgasm. And sometimes people aren't even aware of what's in the way. Yeah. Right. And so if there are people like that, that say, okay, I just struggle in this area. I know I've dealt with things in my childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, would you just recommend having them see someone like you and starting to unravel that? So they're able to experience on another level. I, I love that. I think, I mean, I'm biased. I think that a certified sex therapist, now that's an important part because the certified means that they got a whole lot more training. Um, Mm -hmm. There can be other therapists out there that just read a book and had sex and call themselves sex therapists. And that is really unethical because there can be some real problems that come up if you don't know how to treat things well or appropriately anyway. But uh, for people who maybe can't afford sex therapy or just don't, don't feel pulled in that direction quite yet or something, there are amazing people you can follow on social media that are constantly giving recommendations for good books and like the latest research. I mean, the options are endless you know, so what I'm kind of doing there is going for like, just education, like, so educate yourself more, like, make sure you're not thinking something works one way when it actually is a different way. And you're perfectly normal, but you thought that you were something was wrong, because some ding dong in the past said, that's not the way it was supposed to be. Yeah, and- <clears throat> for sure. Well, and I think too, like nowadays, um, to kind of go along with what you're saying is that, um, the, the, the topic of sex, the way people talk about it is, it's kind of a degrading way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's people who have podcasts and that's all they talk about. And they think it's so funny. And they're just like, Oh, he did. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. Like, there's so much more to sex, right? There's a, there's another level of it. And, um, like a spiritual experience versus, you know, there's so many driving forces, you know, to yeah. it all. You bet. Um, and I think unconsciously we're doing all that because we, we're not aware. Yep. We're aware of why, why do I want to just sleep with 500 people all the time? Or why mm-hmm. do I think that this is okay for this person to do this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I think getting more curious and asking more questions, you know, with your behavior and your actions as to why you're doing the things you're doing. Yep. You know, motivating you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I even look back, I don't even think I've shared this podcast before or any of my episodes is, you know, I think after my divorce, I, you know, got married in the temple and, you know, it was, I was with my ex for nine years and being able to get out there in the dating world and start dating and experiencing different men that I've dated and, and having sex with them. There was my driving force was here's this man that did this, that I was married to watch me now. Yeah. I'm going to prove to you, prove to you that I can get anybody. Yeah. And so I was experiencing that. Right. But then I started going deeper in it and I thought, Oh my gosh, the reason why I did that is because I don't have to let anyone in. We just go and we have sex. Yeah. And then I can disconnect myself and they can't leave me. I'm choosing out right away but I want that connection. I wanted it so bad, but I was so scared. I had this big shield around my heart and it was like thick, even through energy work. She's like, Holy shit. Yes. But I was unconsciously doing it. Mm -hmm. Kristen, like I had, Mm -hmm. and I know there's probably more to it. Like we talked about layers, right? Yep. But it was a really powerful thing for me because now that as I've stepped into dating, 
being able to stand in my power and say, no, I'm not having sex. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've, we just met. Yeah. It's such a cool feeling because as before, I'm like, well, we're connecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Like, so it's so fascinating, right? Yep. And it's often super, super layered. I mean, like our relationship, especially as women to our bodies in general, like it can bring up body image. It can bring up feelings. Like, I, I love how you said, I, you just mentioned the, the concept of being curious with yourself. And I think that that is one of the most, like, that's one of the most important um, things to constantly be doing because our motivations might be layered. You know, something can feel empowering when at the end of the day, it's not, you know, but we wouldn't know that unless we went through it and, and experienced like maybe someone needs a phase of having indiscriminate sex. And that is what they needed. Like there, there are different ways of experiencing it and different people can feel empowered or harmed by the exact same thing. Like, Mm. you know, it's so different for everybody. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I, like you probably hear and, you know, see so much with, you know, your career and I'm, oh my gosh, I'm probably, yeah, there's, probably, right. there's we can talk about it forever. <laughs> I know. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then as far as the religion side goes, can you talk more about that too? Yeah, a lot of it is, is either the practical they want practical support with how to actually transition um, through or, or cope, you know, with their uh, faith crisis or transition, because a lot of it um, is the, like the logistical aspects of how do I set boundaries with family? Like I've had, I've had some clients tell me that their, their mom came up and like touched their leg and you, they could tell she was looking feeling for garments. You know what I mean? Like, like things that you just don't think about that are totally predictable. If you start thinking about it, you know, that, you know, so setting boundaries with family, um, allowing yourself to set boundaries, you know? So, I mean, there are some people also that they don't want to transition completely out. They just need a nuanced relationship, you know, or, or, and so like negotiating those things with like a spouse or, they have kids like so there's a lot of um, like coaching kind of that can be helpful in in going about um, developing a new relationship or non relationship with a church you know mm, yeah um, and then so but then there's almost every single time there's crossover with okay I mean so Mormonism as an example just hands you values on a platter right yeah um, sex is only for a man and a woman mostly like, well, no, absolutely. That's what they say, you know, um, not before marriage, but then it's great, but that's all the information they give. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. Um, and so, and <laughs> like, this is what a good woman is. This is what a good man is air quotes for people. This is audio, you know, yeah. but um, you know, so when that, when someone develops either like a nuanced relationship or a distanced relationship with the church, you know, it can really feel like, what the heck do I believe? You know, what is important to me? But at the end of the day, a lot of your values stay the same. Like, you're probably not going to go rob banks. You're probably, you know, going to feel bad if we lie. We're probably like, so pointing out that can be helpful that you're still you, you know, but you're now probably going to re-examine what you actually think about alcohol. It might be the exact same thing for you Mm -hmm. or coffee or, you know, 
what bikinis i don't know like yeah. <laughs> it could yeah. be you know and so it can be i try to just talk about that you know it's an adventure this is just the new era of this adventure of life that you get to and it can be messy and it's it should be it's life right Exactly. Um, and so helping them identify their new either like spiritual or religious values like um and then sexual values and if they're in a marriage like to develop a couple's sexual value list like what they each believe individually and what feels true to them but then in our marriage what do we or in our long-term relationship whatever you know what do we value together sexually mm. you know a lot of that can be like parenting like what do we yeah. teach our you know what do we feel about like porn what do we think about um self-pleasure what do we think about you know these things that the church had previously given them what they believe. Yes. And now they get to re. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, no. And I, I love that. As you said, when you get into a relationship or a marriage, you ask each other those types of things. Well, what are your beliefs on this? Okay, great. What can we bring, you know, to the relationship together as we're intimate? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you don't even talk about, I don't remember talking about that shit. No way. How? Nope. It's like, wait, you don't talk that way. You don't do this. You don't do that. Cause it's that. Yeah. I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. It it was, it's, oh it's a setup. It's a terrible setup for, for these most of the time young couples because they don't ever talk about like, what is it? What would be the line of infidelity? Like, like, I mean, how many clients have I had call feeling like their husband full on cheated on them, but it was porn. Like I have a ton of empathy for that. But that is, that that's quite a jump to go to like the the same level. Again, I have tons of compassion for people who've been through that of kind of betrayal. But like yeah. um, to equate it with with sleeping with another person is is quite a jump. And so, you know, like, do you feel infidelity is talking with an ex on Facebook? Like, do you you know what what are what does monogamy mean to us? Are we monogamous? I don't know. Like, do we want to open up the marriage? Like that's a adventure right there. And, you know, but, but when these young couples are, you know, in, in a like high demand religion like that, everything's assumed. They just assumed they don't talk about it in the beginning. They don't talk about like, what would be a frequency that would feel fulfilling to you to have sexual experiences per week? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. They don't talk about it, you know? They don't. Mm-mm. And yeah. So even I feel too, like if you're, when you're dating, like, I don't think it should be, you shouldn't have these conversations until like, don't wait till you're married. Yes. Like th- I think it's all about just being super open about all these things in the beginning of relationships, because yeah. you could be three months in and be like, Oh wait, they want to sleep with other, wait, what? They want to sleep yeah. with other people. They like, the, they like to do this in sex. I don't wait. What's happening. Yes. You know, Absolutely. it's like, it's all about being open and also, you know, getting curious about your own, mm-hmm. you know, desires too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also your drives for why you do certain things, like getting more present to all of that. Absolutely. I think what you're speaking to there is, is probably the, another aspect that is very common in my practice, which is like helping women know what the hell they want. Like they, like I, I can ask the majority of like first session clients, you know, if you were to set the stage for your ideal fireworks, sexual experience, 
what would be there? Mm. Deer caught in the headlights. Like, you know, and, and that's not everybody at all, but like, you know, they, for many of them who've been in like a marriage for a long time, they've spent so many, so much time thinking through like a performative lens, like performing the right sex. Yes, totally. Right. And yes, that if that's your kink, that might be fine for you. But if you're doing it just to be a good wife, it's so damaging. Yep. So damaging. Mm, and so, I can relate to that. Yeah. 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 Mm. You know, because with, with, in our society, we're big. I mean, we are absolutely sexed society, you know, where where our worth and that's not just Utah or Mormonism, you know, it's like our worth is so tied up in our sexual identity and how we feel other people perceive us. Are we a beautiful woman? Are we a man that can whatever hyper masculine gross ideas are out there, you know, that we measure ourselves toward and it is thick to undo that and ask yourself, you know, what do I want? What would I find the most connecting or pleasurable with or without a partner? I don't know, whatever somebody yeah. wants to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you brought up worth, right? And that was my thing going back. Mm-hmm. I, I did not feel worthy. Yep. Right. And it yeah. was it. And so, and again, it's taken me a minute to unravel all this. I mean, yep. God, you, you know, you get put in new situations, new th- experiences happen in life. Man, it's all unraveling. Yep. At all. Yeah. Because that's great. But well, and yeah. I'm a big believer that people, I know this sounds a little woo woo, but I think people genuinely come into our life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And through like dating, oh, we sure can sweep corners with even like brief encounters, you know, like that, like the energy that can come into our life through, um, like a person who may not be there long-term, like there can really be just opportunities for healing everywhere we look if we can. And, and like that relationship with our bodies are, we are constantly given opportunities to heal (laughs) that. Yes. (laughs) Girl, yeah. I know I have been saying that for quite some time now. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. And it's so interesting hearing other people go into like this dating world, right? Mm-hmm. And then they want to blame, blame, blame the other person. And I'm like, okay, let's like reel it in here. Right. What did you see for yourself? What did what triggered you? What's going mm-hmm. on? Like, let's start looking here yep. Yep. because there is an opportunity to heal, to grow. Yep. And every single guy that I dated, even though it was sometimes we only dated for two months and hooked up, whatever. Okay, I still learned a lot. Yep. A lot, even from my ex. You too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it can be amazing. Like, if once you start, like, once that clicked for me, um, dating, like, dating improved. Like, you just start seeing it at, you know, I became much more, um, just, just present in, in my own self. Like, I think, cause for me, I, I mean, I was working predominantly with, couples, religious couples, and I was single. And I think I judged myself okay. more than anybody did. I never, yeah. I never had a problem. Never once. I was never talked to about that. Never, no, no client ever brought that up. You know, I mean, I had plenty of relationship experience, but like, I think I had some deep beliefs that I wasn't legitimate until I was married, Ooh. which, which I had a I totally took as a like 
um, I fought against. And there were quite a few years there where I was pretty sure I would not marry for principle's sake. Really? <laughs> like I always wanted that long-term relationship, but I, I went through a phase where I, I deeply resented um, how much of my worth had been put on me to feel marriageable, desirable, mm. like that, that I needed to be good enough to marry or I wasn't, I wasn't a worthy woman. Right. And I yeah. was, I was deeply angry about that after untangling some of that stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it was, it was, I mean, all of it happened in just a series of a few years that I totally agree with you. Just things happen when they're supposed to. And yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So do you feel like you, so you've, how soon did you meet your, cause you just got married recently, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So exciting. You guys are awesome. so damn cute. Oh my hell. Amazing. <laughs> do you feel like, okay, wait, I think I was going to ask something else, but now I'm onto something else. So I'll get back to that if it comes to me, but with you guys, do you feel that now that you're married, you still feel you have things come up for you? Oh like, my gosh. Absolutely. We were saying earlier. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, well, I mean, and it's, it's true that, um, so yeah, this is a little extension of what we were just saying. Um, in adulthood, we really only have, I mean, this is an overstatement, but we really have two main areas of life where we can still have like adult development. You know, we talk about childhood development all the time. Yes. We, we don't talk about adult development, but we're doing it all the time. Like we're, it's our, it's our growth. It's our journey. It's our, you know, um, but it's in, um, like academic and occupational, but then also, and then relationships, like, so relationships can bring up like our need for further development really quick, Yeah, you know? And so, yeah. So we have, I mean, he and I both have stuff come up like, but we both had really similar stories where we did a lot of self healing through like the last 10 years, like purposeful, like he's, he is way more mindful than I am. I preach this stuff all day. He is like, he lives it. Like, really? I, oh yeah. He's, he's so natural at it. And it's inspiring <laughs> to me, you know, like oh, yeah. I have to like remind myself, okay. Oh yeah. Be present. Like you're fine. <laughs> where's, the, where's the fire? It's okay. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just, just so calming and it's just really great, you know? Yeah, but we do. We can have a lot, a lot still come up. Um, mm-hmm. But we we're both just really dedicated to this. Man, we'll get through it. <laughs> like just, well, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're dedicated to your work, right? The inner yeah. work and then also mm-hmm. your guys's relationship. And so mm-hmm. when you have that mindset, it's you are setting you guys up for success. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. that's what happens when you get in that space. And that is freaking powerful. It is. It is. Yeah. We, yeah. I feel really lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Like, have you ever researched like tantric sex and Uh all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I'm really intrigued by it to be honest. Fascinating. And because again, it's a spiritual thing. I read it's all about being spiritual. And so should we talk about that a little bit? Can you share a story around it? I, it's not my specialty. So I know like, I mean, so that's what's crazy. Like sex therapy is huge. I mean, yeah. people specialize in all different types um, of aspects. So I have kind of like, um, like 
tangential experience with it, you know, especially like trainings and stuff. It is um, not for everyone. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like, but I think the skills learned in it, like, I think it's, it's over, um, sorry, it's um, really overlapping with like mindfulness and spirituality and, and um, becoming extremely present. Right. And so I think a lot of people can benefit from it in for different reasons, probably. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's something I would like to get more personal experience with. That would be great. Yeah, no, it's on the list. It's on the list. <laughs> same, same, bro. Yeah, yeah. It just seems so fascinating to me because, again, like what we were taught, and then being able to at least mm-hmm. have knowledge around it, because then you can mm-hmm. see what you like and what you don't like. How you were saying earlier, get curious, right? Yep, yep. So if you can experience all these different things, you'll know. Mm-hmm. What it is you like and what you don't like, and there's no judgment. Whatever you mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's in the department, you know, try like if any, just similar to like I want to tell my clients like if it's not something that you feel is outside your values, and I would be still careful about that because, yeah. like, meaning deciding like that's a hard no for me or something, you know, because a lot of people are still untangling the messages that you know that. Yeah. Um, it, it may actually not be a hard no, especially if it's important to a partner, but we also believe in consent and we don't want to self-betray. And so sometimes it still really takes some negotiating or um, just openness, especially in a partnered sense, you know, to, mm-hmm. but but stay curious with yourself and your partner to say, like, why am I having such a strong reaction come up to that? Like, is it something that really might be outside my values then? good to know. And we need to keep talking about that, you know, but most of the time, you know, when we're talking about um, types of discomfort that comes up for us, you know, there's like disgust or there's just fear and anxiety, or there's um, outside my values. Like I feel like that's wrong or something, you know, most of the time it's, we're afraid of being judged. We don't want to be shamed we don't want, you know, so a lot of times it's not an outside our value. Sometimes it's just, we feel, we don't want to feel stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to do something we're not good at. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, huh? You know? And it's so if that's so the case, we need to talk about that. Or you can talk about it with your partner and, and see if there are some ways to feel a little more comfortable, but embrace the discomfort. Well, it's that's be the there. thing. It's yeah. always going to be there. And yeah. it's not going to look like what you think you see on TV. Right. Eat, Paul. It's like, right. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so yep. true. So, yeah. Um, okay. Ooh, I love yeah. that. Um, so what are some other, are there, is there anything else that you want to touch on that you feel would be beneficial for people? If you feel like you are so much of my work is, is helping people get to know themselves and embrace themselves and, and, and to be, to bring their full self to whatever situation in life is. And so if you feel like you answer, I don't know, to a lot of questions, like going to a coach or a therapist um, is an excellent place to start. The other thing too, that I think goes unstated a lot is what are the types of media that you are surrounding yourself with? Because I do think they're one of the reasons not, um, that I was excited to come on your podcast is um, not only do I love the themes that you have, but I think we need more women's voices out there just talking about life and being real about it, you know, and 
we, even if it's not a like sex themed podcast or a, you know, follow people who are speaking about life in a way that inspires you, you know, like you don't have to go to therapy. Um, but I, I mean, I've had, I've been on podcasts in the past where I've had clients tell me later, I've just never heard women talk about sex like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's, we need it. Like it's, it's, it's still so new to a lot of people like, Mm -hmm. and, um, and that is one way that you can become more comfortable talking about it in your own life is you've seen it modeled. Like you've, yeah, you can see that it's, they didn't burst into flames. They're fine. They're actually probably really enjoying it. Good for her. You know what I mean? And so, um, I just think that that is another way that you can expand kind of your own, um, sense, like your own self. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. well, I am, I so agree with you. I love everything you just said. Um, because I think that, yeah, people diving into media, what you listen to, listen to what you watch, who you are surrounding yourself with the types of conversations you're having. Like, you know, how you talked about, you know, adulthood and what yeah. all the lessons through adulthood, you don't think of it that way, but that all that influences that, Absolutely. you know, your adulthood life. So, so ch- choose, you get to choose into what you want to. And I got really clear on that through some energy work from one of my friends. And she's like, Mikey, you get to choose into these relationships. You know that like Mm -hmm. you're like waiting for them to pick you, but you get to choose. And I'm all, Oh, wow. I didn't, you know, because of the space I was in, I didn't even like click. And so it was so powerful. Um, really getting that, you know? So Yeah. Oh, this has been so good. Yes. Thank you so much. I have loved it. Yes. That was my pleasure. Yeah. Um, so if people want to work with you, can you, like, are you available to have like work with people still? And sure. Sure. Um, more often than not, there's a little bit of a wait list, but, um, they can go to my, um, my practice website is intimateconnectionscounseling.com. Okay. Um, and just the, the information's all there for how to awesome. get a hold and, and we'll see how that goes. Yes. Yeah. And then also like Instagram, oh, what's yeah. your handle? So it's Kristen Marie Benyon and it's Kristen with an I N. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll put it in the description, like your website Perfect. and your handle. Perfect. So then they can just click if they, you know. That's great. Got lost in it. Yeah. Cool. That'll be perfect. Okay, girlfriend. Thank Aww, you so much. Thank you. It's been amazing. Yeah, girl. You bring me on. <laughs> yeah, girl.